0: You're listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, your source for news, discussion, and debates about the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to an episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Rutherford. I'm joined by a special guest this week, Kellyanne Stitz of WATE6. Before you get into that, if you guys are listening on audio, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the regular podcast, stop right now, go check our YouTube channel because we're actually live on video here. It's not just any graphics overlaid on audio. You can see me and and Kellyanne here on the screen. So go check it out. Uh, Go subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there as well and go like our videos, share them around. We'll have a lot more video content coming. But again, this is the Lady Vault Basketball Fever podcast. Very excited to have you on, Kellyanne. Kellyanne, Thank you so much.
1: Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to get you on. We've had a couple of different guest hosts come on and join me and correspondence for the Lady Vault podcast. So uh, feel free to, before we get really into it here, let our listeners or our viewers here know a little bit about you.
1: Yes, so I'm a sports reporter and anchor at WATE tv It's the ABC affiliate here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been here for almost two years now, which is crazy. Um, But cover everything. Tennessee athletics, of course, our high school teams as well. Talking some Titans here and there and some of our pro teams and just anything that happens nationally with sports. But really locked in to, of course, the Lady Vols. I've had the pleasure of covering them for now, like I mentioned, a year and a half. And this team This season is super impressive. Of course, years past, since Kelly has taken over the program, I feel like they've continued to be on the rise since I've been here. I've seen that progress. And they're off to their best start of her head coaching career. Now I know right now without Ray Burrell, which to me is extremely impressive.
0: Yeah, that to me has been the most impressive part. Not even that they're nine zero, and you look at some of the wins they've had. And it's been against some really good competition, nice. but the fact they've done it without rain, like that's been the the most impressive part. You've seen Jordan Horston really step up and and be a leader and take over. But you also seen uh, this the past couple games. You've seen freshmen like Sarah Puckett and and uh, <laughs> Brooklyn Miles step up. So I mean, it's been you've seen a lot of players really step up into roles when they've really needed to this season.
1: Yes, and I want to go back to not just without Ray Burrell, but what's impressive to me is we look back even from last season, and yes, they're facing different opponents, but I believe from when I looked in the last comparing their schedules from this year and last year, from this point in the season, they've beaten more ranked opponents. And last year, of course, they had Raniah Davis. So they have the three head of with Davis, Ray Burrell and Jordan Horston. And of course, Jordan has continued to elevate her game this year to Mari Key. Tamari Key is incredible. She has been awesome on both ends of the court too this season, which I think has also been key into why this team has been so good. But you mentioned that freshman class. They're also really impressive. Sarah Puckett, she's not playing like a freshman. Mm -hmm. And last game was a really good feel-good game because Brooklyn Miles had a career game. She was SEC freshman of the week this week. And then um, uh, multiple of them continue to step up and elevate their game. And I think that's really important to have that this freshman class has been truly impressive.
0: No, no, they have and They've, they were a class. So I thought could, you know, make immediate contributions, but I wasn't expecting necessarily maybe this uh, to this degree right. so far. Again, we'll see what happens. You know, we're going to see them play Stanford this weekend. We're going to see in the SEC schedule here very soon. It's not like bloody balls. have had a, a soft easy schedule uh, to begin right. with. Anyway, they play, play in Texas, playing UCF, USF, um, yep. and of course, Oklahoma state, Kansas, like, and, and they've, Obviously, won all those games, and a lot of it's been based on their defense. Uh, Kellyanne, you know, you've, we've already mentioned the fact that they've done all this basically with Ray Burrell playing like 17 minutes to, so far this season. I think that that's easily to me the most impressive thing. But aside from that, what has been the most impressive thing to you for watching this team this season besides Ray Burrell, you know, playing without Ray Burrell?
1: Yes. I mean, I think Tamari Key, she's been on fire. She's been very fun to watch. And honestly, just the way that players continue to step up and continue to answer the call when it's needed. I think that's honestly really impressive to me. Um, they just they're playing with the chip on their shoulder. They're playing for each other. I think that's a huge difference. Kean Green, she had a really good quote talking about how the buy-in in this team. She had never played on a team that's bought in so early in this season. They're going full force 100%. They're wanting, they're truly giving it their all. If they make mistakes, they're, they're doing everything. They're giving it all. Even if they're making mistakes, they're going to try to then correct it, giving a hundred percent effort because they want to play for each other. And they want to play for this coaching staff. And she said, it starts from the top down. It starts from the coaching staff, that love for the players is reciprocated then back. And it shows in their game. They are truly playing for each other.
0: Well, you and I were talking before we hit record here. And you said, you told me that you'd have a little bit update on Ray Burrell. So speaking yeah. of Ray, what was the update you have?
1: So it was a, it was an update but maybe not the one that anybody really wants to hear <laughs> right now, but it's not, it's not dire. Just, she said uh, they're not that she said, this is the plan she's been able to progress a little bit more and has been in a few shooting drills with the team, which shows progress, but they don't have a different timeline as of right now. So she's working. Kelly said she's working really hard to try to get back to play with the team, but Again, this is where I said maybe fans wouldn't like to hear this because there's no concrete timeline of when she will return to play at this point.
0: I I personally would be happy if she can get back like before sometime in play. January, like sometime in yeah. mid to late January. Like yeah. but if you can get back before the Yukon game, I'll be happy with that. Phenomenal that, to me. Yeah.
1: Originally, I thought she was possibly going to be coming back before SEC play, yeah. but I mean, at this point, I would just like to see her play another time this season. Yeah,
0: seriously. <laughs> she she has like I don't I don't think she's done for the year, but it would be such a shame even if she is done into like postseason play because she's such a fun player to watch and she had such high potential and high hopes for this year. I mean, she was a preseason, I think she's preseason All American. She was at least preseason All SEC. <laughs> she had all kinds of on watch lists and stuff. Like she she was you know, poised to, you know, you, you weren't going to replace Renia Davis, but she was poised to be, you know, yeah. the, the, the next person to be the scorer to be the leader of the team. And yeah. and to, again, to Jordan Horson's credit, she's kind of step, stepped up and have, has done that this year for the lady Vols too. Um, yeah. It's, it's been this, this team, the personality of this team, I think, and you, you've obviously got to experience that more than I have, you know, being at practices and talking to Kelly Harper and talking to the players and stuff. Um but I think to me, the personality of these players and these coaches, uh, especially Coach Williams, who you know does the TikTok stuff,
1: TikTok. love the TikTok, yeah, they,
0: they are very, very, very fun to follow,
1: very fun to follow, very fun to watch. And like you said, I mean, it's just been it's been really fun. And that also, I wanted to give another injury update because Kaya Wynn and Emily Saunders did not play in mm. the last game. And we found out last minute that they weren't going to be available. Kaya is coming back from um, no surgery. And then Emily Saunders, she suffered a slight concussion before last week. So Mm -hmm. Kelly said this week, Kaya has been back in practice and she actually had a really good practice on Tuesday. So they're excited about that. And then Emily Saunders uh, was actually back in practice today for the first time. So uh, she said, it will be good to get our full team back. So she, I, I, after her quote with saying that, I'm going to guess, so, will be available for Stanford but that was just in a couple injury update on that too
0: well speaking of Stanford this yes. game is going to be huge I, I don't know you know what last year with there being code restrictions and stuff you know there wasn't really a true big game atmosphere I thought this year's game against Texas it felt I wasn't at the game and watching it on TV like it felt very close to some of the big game atmospheres of the Lady Vols you know days of yore of the Pat Summit era, it felt like the atmosphere was loud and passionate. I'm fully expecting, you know, I'm not, I don't necessarily expect a sellout this weekend, but I'm fully expecting this to be a huge crowd for this Tennessee Stanford game. It's the first top 10 matchup of Kelly Harper's tenure at Tennessee, it's the first top 10 matchup for the Lady Vols. I want to say, uh, I, mean, I had it right here in front of me, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think since 2018. It's almost almost 4 years because I think it was January of 2018, so it's been almost yeah. 4 years since Believe yeah. all have played in this type of game where they've, you know, you have two top-tier opponents. Yeah. I I think this <laughs> it's interesting the fact that Stanford is ranked number 3, Leave all is ranked number 7 because you look at the schedules of both teams, they've played two similar opponents and Stanford has lost to both of those and Lady Vols beat them. So I, I saw a few people on Twitter, Kellyanne, saying, now, wait a minute, you know, how does this add up? We're, we're, you know, doing the math here, this doesn't add up. Why Lady Vols ranked lower? I, I think Stanford has played a couple other more quality opponents than Lady Vols outside of that, but they lost to Texas and UCF. Yep. Tennessee beat both those teams. So I, I, I understand people saying, now, wait a minute, where, where is this math ain't mathin' right here?
1: <laughs> the math ain't mathin', I love that, because I wholeheartedly agree with them, honestly, because, yes, Stanford did lose to South in and Texas, balls did beat them. Now Stanford comes in running a three-game win streak, which they did beat number two, Maryland. Mm-hmm. But still, you look at Tennessee, you're like, okay, well, they're 9-0. and They're undefeated. And the two losses, the only two losses that Stanford had were to teams that Tennessee beat. And I don't know if they're counting, keeping this in, in, in their mind, but to me, of course, this team is doing it without their top-leading scorer, who is returning from last year in Burrell. So I basically think, me personally, that's more impressive. But still, that – all that that we just talked about builds up to this excitement of this game. And I'm hoping it's a sellout. I would love to personally, mm-hmm. selfishly experience a sold out lady Ball TBA game. but and it should be. This is a super exciting. The team is really excited. Kelly always talks about how excited they are for this one, how they're looking forward to this one. And it's funny about those rankings. She addressed that earlier today. She said she didn't for her. That really hasn't crossed her mind. But the team is playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder that they want to go improve something. So she would like if they would maybe use that as a little bit of She said she'd try to use that as maybe a little bit of her motivational tactics, reminding them about that, because she wants them to continue to play with that chip on their shoulder. And I want them to, too, because like we mentioned before, they're really fun to watch and bring that mentality into this huge Stanford game.
0: I like that. I like that, you know, Kelly Harper specifically said that because a lot of times coaches, you'll get... A lot of coach speak is, oh, we don't care about the polls. It doesn't matter. I like that. You know, she said she didn't really care across her mind, but yeah. she has reminded her players, which to me makes me think she has thought about it a little bit. You know, I, that's one thing to, as a side note. I, I think I mentioned this to um, either Cora or, or yeah. uh, Maria Cornelius who had on for the first episode of Lave All um, podcast here. I really appreciate the fact that Kelly Harper. In much the same way that Rick Barnes does, you don't get a lot of canned, like, coach speak answers from, no. from her and, and for him either, but you, you don't get a lot of, like, it is what it is, you know, just kind of repeating lines. Like she tells it to you straight and she tells you how she feels. She's not like, you know, she's not rude about it. She's not, she's, she's never, I'd never come across as like being, uh, snippy or rude or anything like that to me. But I, I really much appreciate Kelly Harper in an interview setting. She's, she's been one of the fair coaches I ever spoke to when I was still working with RTI. Like I, I really enjoyed talking with her. I'm sure yes. you also have
1: thousand percent agree with you on that one. Her and Rick. And I'd even throw Tony Vitello. I know so oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not baseball, but we will going back to basketball. Yes, Rick and Kelly are phenomenal and selfishly for TV. I like them a lot too, in terms of their sound bites and what they give you. Cause it's not just your typical coach speak or whatever you just mentioned. It is it's straight. It's real. It's coming. It's from the heart. She's just saying what she feels. So I do like that about Kelly as well. That's also what makes covering this team very fun.
0: Well, back to actually looking at Stanford. Yes. Uh, they are a team that I think is very dangerous to have some pretty good offensive players. They returned um, a lot of their players from the team that won the national championship last year. They went 31 and two overall, and the only two losses they had were in, in uh PAC 12 play. Um, but you had a lot of their players that were on early season watch list, but their, their leading score is uh, last name is Brink. I just forgot her first name. Yeah. Cameron Cameron Brink. She's Cameron. averaging 15 points, eight boards, that's going to be hard to contend with. You also have uh, Jones and Hull. Uh, that is Haley Jones and then uh, Lexi hole. They're both averaging about 10 points a game. So, you know, I haven't looked too much beyond and look at their depth, but that, that's a, a pretty solid trio there that I think the Lady Vols are going to that, you know, the defense for Lady Vols has been there all year. The only game this year where they, you know, they've really allowed any sort of points was against Texas, but they'd shut down Texas in the fourth quarter. So I mean, yes. even that one, like you look at the defense as a big reason they won that game. So this is going to be I, I think potentially Laval's toughest test on defense this year. And it's it's going to be a fun one because Stanford is <laughs> they are very good. We know we know Tara Vanderveer. She's been around for a long time, a really good coach. Uh she's already a, a Hall of Famer and she's still an active coaches is pretty impressive. Uh, but no, this this Stanford team I think is the most deadly uh, offensively that I think Lady balls have faced this year.
1: I 100% agree with you. It's going to be a tough test for them on defense and even just trying to get some production themselves on offense. And that's one thing mm-hmm. I asked, you know, with Kelly today. It's is like, what challenges does Stanford present? Obviously, they present a ton. And it's one of those teams that they're going into it where they cannot make mistakes. They have to play very well. She said, looking at Stanford for her, uh, they're bigger than them, which that person, they have bigger personnel than them. That doesn't happen a lot for the Lady Balls because mm-hmm. they have that height. And so she said they pass the ball extremely well. So, of course, they have to be strong on defense. You can't goof on defense, if you do, she said, you know, they're going to take advantage of it. You can't make mistakes against the Stanford team. And they really, in terms of offensively, they like to score on the inside. So defending on the inside is going to be important from them. Should see a lot of production, of course, continued production from Tamari Key. She's got to stay out of foul trouble though. Um, And she said defensively for Stanford, they will just expose your weaknesses and then just go run with it. So they're going to be tough. She said, they have to play really, really well. The team knows they have to play really, really well, but they're just overall excited to be playing in this opportunity. I
0: can't,
1: think, make, can't make any mistakes against the Stanford team.
0: Oh no, absolutely not. And I, I know the lay of they've done a better job in, you know, since Clay Harper's gotten there cutting down on turnovers kind of each year, I think that's a big key in this game. Is you can't have a lot of unforced errors. If if Stanford, you know, steals the ball and causes you to give it up. Okay. You, that's don't let it happen too often. That's going to happen. Don't, make Don't a lot of pass. bad passes sometimes. right and that yeah, that's exactly. been a thing is bad bad passes have bitten lady balls that obviously hasn't cost them to lose yet but it's been an it, issue it sometimes happens. sometimes mm-hmm. right. and the, the free throws like that th- those are two areas that concern me um i i think i probably know your answer on this one because it might be the same one i have but who is for the lady balls who's someone you're circling in this game that you think needs to really perform because to me i think it's mm-hmm. possibly your answer too. this tamari key and or maybe even alexis die because I, I think or maybe key, or even Key and Green, but I, I really think Tamari Key to me is like the Tamari
1: Key is the key. Yeah. She's the key. A key. Is a key. Mm-hmm. Let's have another double double. Come on, she can do it. She's been killing it. Hey,
0: let's get now triple double. Why not
1: let's get a triple double? Because <laughs> Tamari Key, she is key on both ends of the court. She's going to be really key in this one too, especially on defense. I like the Lexus Ty. Um, when she gets that jumper, that good jump shot she has, she gets it. She can light it up. She is a shooter. She just has to find that chemistry and get it going and that energy to, or the flow, I should say, on offense to light it up. So she will be the one to watch you. And I, I, Jordan Horson, she just has to do her thing. She just has to be a shooter. She's a shooter. She's got to do that. She's got to stay out of foul trouble. She's got to limit those turnovers. She knows better. She's playing at a higher level this year. She really needs to light it up. And the one thing about this matchup, too, I thought about is, there have been times this season where they've continued to still be the cardiac kids. Well, they'll, they'll be down. They'll be down, but they pulled it off. They always pull it off. They pull it off in the fourth quarter. So even in going to this game, because it is going to be very challenging, even if they're trailing at halftime, even if they're trailing after the third quarter, I would not count this team out. You, they've proven that they can rise to the challenge and they can overcome. So they even had that a huge overtime win, and at Jordan Horston. She's really good. I feel like under pressure because I feel she can pull it off in the fourth quarter, and she can answer when they need to. She's done that where she becomes the clutch player. She also needs to do that. Another person I think is also key to watch is Sarah Puckett. Sarah Puckett is playing very well for a freshman, and Mm -hmm. she has also stepped up numerous times this season in the fourth quarter and shown that she can also be that clutch that player in the clutch time.
0: I think it's a good point, and one that I. I've been to bring up earlier and kind of forgot when we we're talking about things that have been most impressive for this team this year. Um, the last, you know, year, couple years of of the Holly Warlick era and even early on in Kelly Harper's tenure, it seemed like to me, like especially in big games against really good opponents, the third quarter would be the nail in the coffin for Lady Balls. They'd have a bad third quarter and they couldn't recover in the fourth. This year, when they've had You know, not great third quarters. Look at the Texas game. They, like you said, they're the cardiac kids. They've come back in the fourth. And that's like, like you said, I'm not going to, if Lady Vols are even down by double digits going into the fourth quarter, I'm not counting them out. This year, you can't because they've shown multiple times they've gone down by 10, they've gone down by 8, 9, 12 points in the third quarter and then come back in the fourth and won it. So that's a really good point. That's what I meant to bring up earlier that, you know, this team doesn't quit. And I think that's not something you could have said in the last three or four years about the lay of alls. And I guess last year you saw it kind of building and building where they, you know, they didn't quit last year either, but this team this year, specifically, I mean, there, there's no quit in this team. They're going to fight and grind their way um, to whatever they need to do. There was something. Go ahead. ahead.
1: Yeah. They're Mm -hmm. just, they're just like, I mentioned earlier, they're just truly fighting for each other and you can see that and it's fun and -hmm. it's exciting. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is this is the most fun I've had watching Lady Balls in a while, and it feels really nice to say that, because it's been, like I had fun last year in some games, and obviously when they beat, you know, Texas A&M, that was a lot of fun, yeah. but uh, and they played Notre Dame, that was fun too, I, I, but there, there's been like, it's been a while since I've had this much like entertainment, getting excited, like fist pumping and yelling when I'm on my couch watching the Lady Balls play, It's it's been a lot of fun to watch them this year. Yeah, uh, yeah to go back to the Stanford game really quickly, looking at Stanford and and you know the Lady Vols just played on uh what I guess a week on Sunday so they've they've had a little bit of a break and they've they had a break before like they, there's a week and they played on Sunday week off played Sunday now they're gonna play on Saturday so they have a little bit of a you know a break there and kind of time to like you said mentioned heal up for a couple of players like Kai Wynn and Emily Saunders Stanford meanwhile they played I think on Wednesday and then they had to make the trip all the way from the west coast all the way over here to, to Knoxville no. and it's going to be i think a really loud and 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 passionate environment there in Thompson Bowling i i wonder how much that's going to play into it cuz that's a we saw from you know the men's team when they went over to um Colorado and had to turn around really quickly and play Texas Tech in New York like that's that is not a short plane uh no. a plane ride or plane ride uh whatever flight <laughs> and i mean in, in stanford getting here i guess they probably would have gotten here I guess they're here now at this point, but like that's adjusting from West coast, you know, the Pacific time to Eastern standard time, you're, you're three hours ahead all of a sudden from where your, exactly. your usual schedule is. It's so like, it's a, it, uh, I, I wonder how much that's going to play into, it. you know, people, that's the thing that people don't think about. They think of it like, to me, I think a lot of people think of sports in like video game terms where these, you know, these are just players, you know, they have these certain inputs here and you don't factor into the fact they're humans and you do get jet lagged and you do feel different exactly. when you travel a and, on a short time. Yeah, yeah. So I I really wonder how much that's really going to play into like this game because I think again they're all human. So how much is this gonna? How much is that gonna affect Stanford and their players? Of you know, do they come out flat? Do they come out you know and you know their jump shots aren't at, doesn't have much power behind them? Are they hitting the the rim? Are they hitting the backboard and nothing else? Like h- how much is that gonna affect? You know, they're gonna, are they gonna have tired and lead lead laden legs? There we go. That was a tongue twister. Um, but that's something I'm kind of watching that I'd be interested to see how Stanford starts this game.
1: I think that's a good point. Now, even to, to that point, it'd be interested to see how they would finish the game because they Mm. could also come out strong, but then not be able to sustain the same kind of power and energy if Tennessee is really wearing them down, especially if they are at a deficit after the half or like Tennessee has a deficit, Stanford has lead. Tennessee has had this week off to rest. You know it's interesting though. I feel like rest and that week off could also sometimes be a double edged sword for athletes because last week we saw that they were Tennessee was a little bit rusty going into the Georgia State game, but they also had finals that they were dealing with. Where mm-hmm. now they're past that to where they're break, they're on break, and they can just truly be like professional athletes in terms of they're just in the gym, they're gym rats. That's really only their focus right now. I mean, outside of other personal things, but mm-hmm. looking at it as that way they're in the gym all the time. They're practicing. Like I said, this is their sole focus. So that can and to heal, rest, and recover. So that can definitely be a huge, a huge advantage for Tennessee. But like I said, it could be a double-edged sword because they could come out a little bit lax physical and rusty. I think more so with Georgia state, that was because of finals and all the other stresses that do come with being a student and a student athlete. But yeah, I think that's an interesting point and something to watch in terms of, will that play to Tennessee's advantage with, Stanford being so taxed heading into this one.
0: If Tennessee wins this game, they have ETSU and Chattanooga left on their non-conference schedule before starting SEC play on December 30th against Alabama, which I think is interesting. Both the men's and women's teams begin SEC play against exactly. Alabama. But if they win this game, exactly. I mean, I, I don't see a way that ETSU and Chattanooga sneaks up and beats lay balls. I, I, it would be phenomenal for lay to get through this non-conference schedule. They had, undefeated starting SEC play. That would be phenomenal.
1: And I'm right there with you. I really don't see if, yeah. if they pull this off. I just really don't see chat or the other one. That, I can't remember. The one ETSU. UTSU. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Pulling off the upset, I think they would roll right into SEC play undefeated, which is massive.
0: Like I, I genuinely, when we were looking at the surprise, yeah, the season beforehand, when, when Gina and I were making our predictions for both the men's and women's teams, like we, we looked at I mean, both teams have, pretty difficult non-conference schedules. We're thinking, man, Lady Vols have an even more difficult one than the men's team does. And here we go. Men's team has two losses. Lady Vols have zero. (laughs) And again, Um, without Ray Burrell. Like, that's the the crazy thing.
1: this team is so impressive. And Mm Kelly has talked about that multiple times before, is that they want to be playing this tough non-conference schedule. That is the point. That is why they are the Lady Vols. That is why they they come to play for Tennessee. They want that tough non-conference schedule to be able to set them up for conference play and beyond. So we can see if they'll actually reap the rewards of that. And like you mentioned, yeah, they have, the men have two losses. The women's have none. And they without Ray Burrell. So it's, it's honestly it's truly impressive, in my opinion.
0: Before we end the, the show here, I want to look ahead even further. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's, there's going to be a lot of fun SEC matchups for the lay of Balls you know, looking at A&M, looking at... Yeah, looking at uh, South Carolina, looking at even like Arkansas has been a, a sneaky good team for the last few years in, in women's sports or women's yeah. basketball too. But you get you know where I'm going to go here February 6th against UConn because
1: UConn. Yep. I
0: I cannot wait for that game. As, as pumped as I am for this weekend's game against Stanford because that's that's a team that Tennessee has played a lot. I think this is like their 37th or 38th time playing each other. Um, and the, the, obviously Stanford's been really good for a very long time under under Tara Vanderveer. The UConn to me like. That's obviously the the the, the, so the biggest rival for Lady Vols. Yeah. The, fact, yeah. the fact that Paige Becker's like yes. th- that to me is that to me is gonna be interesting to see because she just had the surgery she and did. I'm looking at a headline here from the New York Times that said she's gonna miss at least eight weeks, that would put her out for the Lady Vols game. And as much as I would love to see the Lady Vols play Yukon at you know at their peak, at their you know, with their with a full healthy roster. I'm not gonna like, and I, and I like Paige. Like yeah. she's a, she's a really good player, and I, I like her as a, as a person. But like, I'm not gonna lie. Like I kind of, yeah. I kind of, I kind of don't mind the fact that she might miss Lady Vols game. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> I mean, we, listen, sending positive vibes. Wish her mm-hmm. nothing but the best. I who want her to recover because she is truly an unreal talent, and she is fun to watch. But I'm with <laughs> you, selfishly, covering Lady Vols. It would be great if she wasn't back. And like you mentioned with that headline, because I remember reading, out saw the month or eight weeks, I should say. So Mm -hmm. two months at least, and rehab is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how your body is able to recover. Everybody's truly different. So yeah, that could easily be longer, but like you mentioned, that would put her out for the Tennessee game. That'd be a really good advantage. And it'd also be a really good advantage if they would get Ray Burrell back by that time too.
0: Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if Lady had have had Ray Burrell back for a couple weeks by that point, Paige Beckers is out. Like I, I, I've said and this before um,
1: Ralph coming back to, if she is fully healthy, mm-hmm. she's going to be one out of the gate. I can, because she, she, you could tell she does not like missing this time. No athlete does. Mm-hmm. So she will be ready to go right, excited out of the gate. So that could be fun too.
0: I, I will say since you brought Ray back up, have you guys, has she been allowed to talk to the media since she's been out? No. Okay. I didn't think so. I figured probably not since most injured players don't talk to the media. So I, I didn't think so. Cause I was curious, like what her, I know you, you saw her practice so like, I was curious, like how she's, carrying herself and her demeanor is when she's on the court out there, when she's practicing with her teammates.
1: So today we only got, of course, a short glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. And she, I I, like, I, like, I I was mostly paying attention to the action because I was also shooting the practice action right. on the court. But um, I saw her coming down from Thompson Bowling Arena, like she's coming down the stairs and then she sat down and she was just sitting. And I remember, and I could just be reading her wrong, but just reading from me looking on the outside in this specific moment against the Georgia state game, I saw her and did a cutaway of her on the bench and she just looked upset. I don't know. She just looked like, you know, she wants to be out there playing. And Kelly said one thing too, is that she's accepting this current new role of trying to be that cheerleader, trying to be that leader, that voice on the team of guidance. It's hard for an athlete to stay engaged into what's happening when they're not physically out there doing it with everybody and a part of the game plan. So especially if you have an indefinite timeline, I could imagine that's pretty hard.
0: Yeah, it's I feel like it is one thing. Like if, if you're pagebackers and you have a timeline of okay, I know that it's going to be probably two months or so. Like I, I you kind of have a a a deadline in your head of okay, this is kinda when I'm gonna come back. But with Ray, when it's you know, maybe they've given her more of a timeline behind the scenes and not made it public, There's but no like doubt. you said, right, we don't yeah. know. But it, it seems yeah. though that like there is a very much more indefinite timeline and she she doesn't know when she's going to come back because because who knows the healing process with ankles and legs and stuff. Man, that it varies as you said earlier. It varies between people. Like it, God. one person can heal really quickly. You look at you know Amari Rogers for example. Like he healed and what he did to get back as quickly as he did. It was very impressive. But then some guys you don't know, go back to basketball like guys like Greg Oden just get hurt and can't stay healthy and, and they can't get back to what you know they were before. So hopefully I just want Ray to get out. I don't care when she comes back. I just want her to get healthy. And when she comes back, you know, not re-aggravate something and not re-injure herself.
1: And I think that's key too, because you don't ever want to push it. You want to make sure you are full, good to go, because you don't want to be injury prone then for the rest of your career. And she set herself up for what projected to be, you know, I, my, a good... WNBA career, a good pro career. And I would love nothing more than to see her playing at the highest level. So, um, but yeah, right now I I can't imagine that would be though, back to our point of it being pretty tough right now to take that backseat and take on this new role, something that you're not used to.
0: And I do want to say here, and and as we're closing the show, we mentioned Mm -hmm. it, Gina and I did at the very tail end of our podcast, a lot of people probably didn't hear it, but I want to say here now on the lay of all podcasts too, big congratulations to Candace Parker and the fact that yes. she, she and her wife are going to have a child, another child. Layla is going to be a big sister. Like that's really exciting. That's really cool.
1: And that was awesome news. It's such heartwarming news. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. I think Cora shared a video of, um, of Layla like, doing the dance or the TikTok uh-huh. dance. and it helped doing that. She's like, oh, she's gonna be such a great big sister. So I, I, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. I can't wait to see that that family grow and continue to grow.
0: Yeah, last time I had Cora on, it was shortly after she'd actually interviewed Layla and just had her on camera. And I was like, I was like it's hard to believe she's a, for one, because of her height, that she's a 12 year old, but two, yeah, like she, but
1: yeah, but she, she,
0: she like imposes herself for a 12 year old. She like, she already seems very media savvy. Like you could tell that she's her, like her mother's daughter. Like she just comes that's across like as confident in front of a camera as Candace does. Like, it's really impressive.
1: I'm sure she's seen her mother too, numerous times doing interviews left and right. So I'm sure she's kind of picked up on some tips and some cues from even just watching her mom.
0: And then staying on the Candace Parker train, there's been so many, I saw Maria put a a video out and pictures out of, you know, different things going on with, with Layla following Candace around when she was a little kid with, with Layla and uh, Pat summit and stuff. There's just, there's just been a lot of really like touching for whatever reason. I don't know why it started happening this past week. There's been a lot of touching moments on Twitter and stuff this past week. Of videos of Candace and Layla and and with Pat and just different uh, stuff from yeah. from their Tennessee days and I'm just like I don't know why y'all are trying to sit here make me cry all the time on <laughs> on social media but here we are <laughs> I guess
1: why am I in my fields all of a sudden <laughs> oh, my timeline I'm right there with you yeah because um you know I follow Maria too so I I really enjoy the content she shares as well and what her content herself too she creates but I've noticed that too and I was like I wonder why. That's being brought up now. Am I missing something? But I'm just going to take it as a heartwarming token um, and something, like you said, is also getting me in my feels.
0: <laughs> well, Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. We're definitely going to have to have you back. I'm glad to go behind the scenes a little bit here. Kelly. but I've been trying to do this for months, trying to get her to <laughs> come on here to help me out with the show and do stuff. And finally, we got it to work. Oh, so. man. Very glad you were finally able to come on here. Let everybody who's listening slash watching this, I've already, if you're watching this, I've probably already put it on the screen in different places you can follow Kellyanne, but obviously you're on TV with WAT6. So let everyone know where they can follow you and, and find a lot of the really cool video work you do.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Kellyanne Stitz. You can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook I have a professional page Kelly um, that's where I put a lot of my content I also am kind of active on YouTube but if you're interested in some of our work um, this, whether it's covering the Lady Balls, Tennessee basketball um, baseball of course Tennessee football and even just what's happening locally with our high school teams and just keeping up with our LVFLs VFLs all the sorts yeah feel free to follow and hopefully you enjoy the content that I put out there and also, it's been such a blast. I know, we, like you mentioned, we've been trying to set this up for so long. So it's been so fun finally hopping on the pod with you.
0: Yeah, it has been fun this being our first actual like video podcast too. So again, hopefully a lot of you all who listened to this on audio heard my cue in the beginning and said, oh, there's a video. I'm going to watch it on YouTube because I'm very excited to do more video content here for uh, both Vol Basketball and Lady Vol Basketball Theater. But thank you all so much for listening or watching you know, wherever you are. Uh, subscribe to us, like the video, like our Facebook page, leave us reviews, all those, all that stuff they always tell you to do. Smash the like button. I'm going to start how to do YouTube Absolutely. talk now. Uh, that's going to be interesting. But thank you all so much, Jimmy. I really appreciate all of you. That uh, you guys are fantastic. Uh, we've had such support here um, on both the shows, so we really appreciate that. And as the year is closing out, I just want to say thank you to all of you for making 2021 a great year for us. So signing off for Kellyanne. I'm Nathaniel. This has been another episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Subscribe to the show so you'll never miss another episode.